What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast, where the bases are always loaded, and we're going to give you the information for your fantasy teams to knock it out of the park. My name is Tyler St. Jean. Tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Brandon Duff. Nick Frazier is off tonight because he's becoming a dad at the hospital tonight, <laughs> so we will not be hearing from Nick. Congratulations, Nick. Uh, some uh, look, long nights ahead of them. Forward to, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm happy to be here talking fantasy football again. Um, had a hell of a day today. The city I work in was just like completely flooded. So had a, my 25-minute commute turned about into like an hour and a half. It was a rough morning. But um, yeah, talking fantasy football again. We're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I got woken up twice and over a uh, night, and I always thought my morning alarm clock was the most annoying sound in the world. Apparently, it's not. The emergency warning uh, on the iPhone is by far the worst. Oh, you gotta, sound you gotta shut that off. In my life. You gotta shut that awful. off. Just an awful way to wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I shut, uh, I shut mine off. I don't get those warnings anymore. Yeah, that's pretty. It was. I woke up having no idea what was going on in my life, but. uh like we mentioned, Nick is out. That's the bad news. The good news is we brought back the running back preview star of the show. He's another guest host. Same guy we had two weeks ago. None other than Alex Duff. Alex, thanks, thank you for coming on. How you doing? Thanks for having me again. I'm doing great. I mean, I guess I guess you guys didn't want me for the uh, for last week's episode, but that's okay. I don't mind. I'll come in. I'll be, I'll be a substitute when you need me. I'll be the relief pitcher. Who are, who are some of your sleeper wide receivers? Yeah, some sleeper wide receivers. Well, you, we've talked offline about some guys that I like. Um, how how deep you want to go? Do you want to go like some bench guys or some second year guys that I think are gonna pop? One of each. All right. Um, so a second year guy that I really think is gonna pop. But I I wouldn't consider him a sleeper, but I think he's a valuer. His ADP is is Jerry Judy. Um, I think he's just one of those guys. It's like phenomenal route runner. Um, all of the hashtag good at football stuff he, he has going for him and he's a plus athlete. Um, and I think Teddy Bridgewater's a little bit more accurate in the short to intermediate areas. He's going to be able to get him the ball a lot. So in a PPR PPR format, I think Judy's going to be really good. Um, for a really deep sleeper, um, this is a guy that I'm a truther on it's Paris Campbell. Uh, I've loved him since he came in the league. Unfortunately, he's been battling some injuries. He's still third or fourth on the Colts depth chart, but T.Y. Hilton is going to be out for a few weeks. And I think Paris Campbell can step in and, and put up and he might end up being, you know, a decent low end wide receiver too, or a flex, at least for the beginning of the season. Good calls right there. Yeah, uh, I had Michael Pittman actually as my sleeper last week. So it looks like you're also high on the uh, Indianapolis Colts offense. Someone's got to catch the ball over there, right? So yep. one of one of those two guys, I think, are uh, primed for a pretty good season over there. Um, on tonight's episode, though, we're going to cover the tight end position. Very interesting position this year. Uh, and we're going to get right into it. I think going in, a lot of people's strategy that I've been looking at is it's kind of a top-heavy position, at least, you know, also in my opinion. You look at the list, and we're going to go over the rankings in, in just a moment here, but 
Uh, at the top, you see guys like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and a lot of people also throw in uh, George Kittle with that, kind of like the big three up there. Um, those guys, you, you have to take early. Um, I mentioned Kelsey is probably a first rounder in 12-team leagues. Waller, probably a late second. And uh, Kittle in the third. So, you know, those are top three-round guys you're going to get. And then uh, a lot of people think there's kind of a fall out there. So, Alex, you're our guest. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to take a top uh, kind of three, top three on your team pick at tight end position? Or are you looking to kind of wait? Or is there a mid-round guy that I haven't even mentioned who you might go after? You don't have to name names yet because we we haven't really named the list yet. But what's your strategy this year? So if we're talking top three pick, I can't see leaving the wide receiver running back position in a a top three pick. If you're talking top three rounds, yeah, I – Definitely. That's what I meant. Yeah. Top three rounds. All right. Uh, Top three rounds. Absolutely. I I would take all three of the tight ends in tier one in either the second or third round if they were available. I I would even say, depending on how deep your league is, when you start getting into the later first round, I would say that Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey are worth at least considering because the positional value that they bring, they, they put up wide receiver type numbers from the tight end position. And that's, um, that's something that pretty much every other tight end in the rest of the league can't really bring to the table. Brandon, what, what's your strategy at the tight end position? I'm right there with, with Alex. I I'm attacking tight end early. I think after like the top seven or eight guys, it really falls off a cliff. And in some of the drafts I've done so far, when I've waited on tight end, I really don't like how it looks. So yeah, I, I like the top three guys a lot. I also like the, Another guy we'll talk about in the top 12, too. Yeah, I'm, I usually wait on tight end um, every year, but go, going into this season, it's almost like I, I'm thinking about trying to grab like a Travis Kelsey in the first round or a Darren Waller if he's there in the second. I, I'm more willing to wait uh, on like a running back. You know, I kind of – I do also want like a top, that top guy, that top running back in the, in the first – round if if i can't pass on him like you were saying if you get a top three pick like you're not gonna you're probably gonna go with a running back um but you know i wouldn't mind taking a kelsey or, or a waller and then going with some receivers right after that just like you said it, it just has to do with the position you only you can only play one tight end um if you have one of those top dogs it, it's just i think it's going to make your lineup that much better that when you just stick in that person in that spot every week knowing that uh, you should be getting top-notch production at that position. So without further ado, Brandon, um, you want to kind of go down the rankings? We're going to do top 24 here, tight end position in PPR leagues. And just like we uh, we did in our other positional preview shows, we are using fantasypros.com, which kind of average out other platforms like Yahoo and ESPN. Uh, go ahead, Brandon. What do we got? All right. At number one, uh, we got Travis Kelsey. Two is Darren Waller. Three is George Kittle. Four, TJ Hawkinson. Mark Andrews is number five. Number six is Kyle Pitts. Seven is Noah Fant. Eight is Logan Thomas. Nine is Dallas Godare. Ten is Robert Tonyan. Eleven, Tyler Higby. And twelve, Mike Jacecki. 
right? We Are already you sure mentioned it's uh, Godair and not Go- Goddard. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, didn't want Goddard? to say anything, but Alex did. Yeah, was oh, I, well, Goddard. I kind of make up my own pronunciation for names, so <laughs> Alex Godair. I like it. It's like Rudy Gobert from the uh, Utah Godair bus. Utah Jazz. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we mentioned the top three guys, and uh, yeah, as you were going down the list, I noticed it was kind of this downward. I meant to ask you guys quick. my pronunciations before the show, and I forgot. <laughs> I would have corrected that one. <laughs> so I kind of like the God Air better than God Air, <laughs> yeah. anyways. Yeah, it sounds more prestigious. Yeah. Anybody? Uh, anybody else in this top twelve? So we went over the top three. Who? Who like sticks out to you? I'm gonna just start off here. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is a rookie. He's coming out here hot at the number six overall. He's only 20 years old. Do you – I know, Alex, you're, you watch a ton of college football. Do you see Kyle Pitts actually, like, having top five potential as rookie season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, he came he came out of high school as more a wide receiver prospect than a tight end prospect. So, I, I think we're seeing this happen a lot more um, at a younger age. So, it started happening in the NFL. They started transitioning bigger guys, and now it's happening in college. I think Kyle Pitts is kind of uh, – like a Waller 2.0 almost because he's he's perfected his craft at the tight end position and it almost does it almost doesn't matter what he's designated as he's such a good athlete that you don't want him off the field so does it really matter if we call him a tight end or a wide receiver he's just a great receiver of the football so as long as he's on the field and the the ball's going his way it doesn't matter what he's designated at he's going to put up fantasy points and it's just kind of a fortunate thing that he's designated a tight end for whoever has him yeah, that's everything I've read about him. Is he's basically a wide receiver playing tight end, right? Yeah. 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 That sounds good to I, me. I mean, I mean, man. everything you hear is, I mean, and you can see it through history is rookie tight ends usually don't fare well, but he seems like the kind of guy you, you might want to take a shot on. I, I also yeah. think, I think like as the game's evolving, Teams are more willing to, to say, like, they already have Hayden Hurst. So if they want an in-line guy, they do have Hayden Hurst. But like I said, he's such a good receiver, you don't want him off the field. And he actually complements Calvin Ridley in a way that Julio did. He's a big receiver with a lot of athleticism that, if he wants to, he can take the top off of a defense. So um, he can fulfill some of the role that Julio filled. So even though even though he's coming in designated a tight end, that doesn't mean you're going to see him – uh, in line he i i will guarantee you and you saw this in the preseason with the screen pass that he took for like 25 yards they're lining him up wide as the x receiver and throwing him screen passes and he has that in his repertoire he doesn't he doesn't need to be standing in the slot or near the line of scrimmage and it's a team that throws a lot and a bunch of targets opened up too with julio leaving so yeah, you uh, you kind of said it i was i was going to say tight ends usually their rookie season don't fare well but I agree with both of your points. He uh, he is going to kind of line up wide. He, he's he's kind of labeled as a tight end, but he is more of like a receiver. He's not going to be a, lot, a big reason I think why tight ends have a tough first season is because you know they're expected to, to be blocking a lot too, and uh, they didn't draft Kyle Pitts to block. They they drafted him to you know try to score touchdowns and get yards and receptions. So um, it is kind of a he's in a unique position where there's a I think there's a I can see why they had they're so high on him in these rankings and why he could have the potential to finish top five. Does anyone else really quick stick out to you? I know people are high on Higby. 
Um, do you see him having a good season? I personally, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Higby myself, but yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge Higby fan, but I think he's put in the right spot. I think he ha- the the Rams have good wide receivers around him. Um, Stafford's a more than adequate quarterback. He's pretty good. Um, so I, I think by, by sheer value, the fact there's no other tight ends worth note, except for Jacob Harris, who's more, um, kind of a project Higby's going to be on the field. He's going to see targets. He's probably going to finish in, in the range that he's slotted in. So I think he's put in the perfect spot. Okay. Before we go 13 through 24, uh, Guy right at number 12, Mike Kosicki. Is he too many weapons on, on the Dolphins, too many other receivers, or can you see Kosicki having a good season? With, with a team like the Dolphins, I really think that there, we don't have enough on Tua to know yet. Um, in the preseason, it looked like he was targeting Kosicki quite a bit, and for all we know, Waddle could be the target's leader, Fuller, Fuller could be the target's leader, or Parker. It, it's kind of a crapshoot, but at the end of the day, young quarterbacks have a tendency to look towards the middle of the field and tight ends end up being a security blanket for them. So I could see Gusecki having a really good year. I just feel like their pass volume is going to be down a lot. I, this is like the, the range of tight ends I don't want to draft, personally. Yeah. Like I would want to, I want to go high or I'm just going to take crap shoe on like a few guys late. That's my tight end strategy this year. But the other thing is having having an adaptable approach. So so for example, if no, you're I understand in a league, that. there's a few guys yeah, in this so, area I'd take. I just I personally don't right, like Kiseki that much. Right. If you're in a league that everybody has your philosophy and they don't like this range of tight end, yep. so that whole range falls a couple of rounds, and you're looking at Gaseki way later than his ADP. Now he's a value instead of being someone that you you don't really like in, right. in yep. the mid rounds. Yeah, by, by no means I wouldn't reach on Gasicki. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're right. If he's kind of hanging around there, uh, I think you can do worse. I, I think he's a big target. They don't really have, uh, like we mentioned, Gaskin, Malcolm Brown. Like those are their. They're not. They don't have this bruiser goal line back. He's probably they're going to be their red zone, you know, guy that they're going to go to or look to. Probably him and Devontae Parker, but probably more Gasicki. Tua, uh, by all accounts. You know, I think he, he mentioned he, he goes to that security blanket. He likes throwing to tight ends. So um, I could see it. But, you know, I, it's kind of a low floor, high ceiling, if you would, for Gusecki. All right, let's go 13 through 24. All right, 13, Jonu Smith. 14, Evan Ingram. 15, Hunter Henry. 16, Gerald Everett. 17, Rob Gronkowski. 18, Cole Komet. Did I get that one right? You did. Met, yeah. 19, Austin Hooper. 20, Blake Jarwin. 21, Jared Cook. 22, Zach Ertz. 23, Anthony Fersker. And 24, Adam Troutman. All right. Yeah, this uh, this list doesn't really intrigue me much either. Believe it or not, kind of the last couple of guys you named are the ones for me that I'm like, I would probably take a shot on more than uh, the guys you mentioned 13 through like 17. Actually, no, there's a guy in that range that I do like a lot. I'll get to later. What are your thoughts on the uh, New England tight ends? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of staying away from both of them. Just my, my opinion. I, I don't know which guy 
to go for. Like, which who's to say Hunter Henry won't score more touchdowns than John O'Smith? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I, and I don't think both of them and a wide receiver or two are going to be fantasy viable. I think it's going to be like Brandon was saying about Miami. I think it's going to be a low volume attack. I think you're actually going to see quite a bit of Damian Harris yep. between the tackles. I think you'll see a little bit of my uh, forecast from a few weeks ago, <laughs> Ramondre, Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson between the tackles um, and a mix between James White and Taylor getting little dump offs. I, I, I don't person. I actually like each one of the tight ends individually. I don't like either of them on New England, even though I'm a New England fan. Or I'd like one of them if he was the one, the only one. And not yeah. Hunter Henry yeah. and Johnny. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. But real quick, though, uh, Brandon. If you had to take one, which one? Which one do you think is going to finish the season better in fantasy, uh, John Smith or Hunter Henry? I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. Ooh, Alex, I, I would say the same. Um, of oh. of the two of them, I think Hunter Henry fits fits the offense a little bit better. He's he's actually a bit better of an inline blocker. I think they got Jonu Smith because he's versatile, so they'll use him a little bit at like H back. They might even give him a few handoffs like they used to do with Hernandez. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think Jonu Smith, just because I don't trust Hunter Henry staying healthy. That's just uh, okay. When when the guy's healthy, he's shown he's talented. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm saying John Smith's the most healthiest guy. So it's re- I think there's a reason they got both of them because well, they're probably shaking on one of them going down at some point. Yeah, if you know, not for the season, but you know, they Hunter Henry's already started off on the on the wrong foot. He's already a little bit banged up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna go John John Smith if I had to pick between the two. But I do. I, I, I do think there's a couple of guys in here who can jump tiers. I think Evan Ingram's. He has had a few down years, but he's. He, he had such a productive rookie year and all the talents there. And now they do have a decent wide receiver room around him. Um, Sorry. I, I, I get it. I do. I'm not a huge fan of the New York Giants in general. but I'm so I, down on them. I think Evan Ingram is one that could hop a tier. You got to remember, too, between, between um, probably like tight end six or seven all the way down to when we finish the list here at 24 – there's a there's not much of a differential in points, and that to, to your point earlier, that's why the tier one is so so important because once you get into like the middle of tier two, you're 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 really just saying you you could you could forego the tight end position altogether and try to stream, and you might have equal the same amount of luck for points per week. It, it is kind of a crapshoot. I will I will agree with you on that. Now Evan Ingram, I. He's he's very talented. Like I've always thought he was he's a good player. I just there's something about the Giants offense this year that I'm just so down on. Like I just I don't know, man. We mentioned well, Daniel Saquon Jones Barkley was your last bus, week. He's so. just Saquon Barkley, who knows what he's gonna do. We got Kenny Galladay, we got Sterling Shepard. So we just don't I don't know. Evan, Wait, was, Evan Ingram, was Galladay your bust? Kenny Galladay was my bust. And yes. Saquon Barkley was your bust, and, right? Yeah. So I, I, we haven't gotten to bus yet. Uh, it's not Evan Ingram, and it's yeah. it's probably because I just I couldn't go like every position on the Giants as my bus. But All right, I'm not, I'm not drafting Evan, Evan Ingram. Though, let probably. me let me try to find I some common like ground Evan with Ingram, you. Let me try to find some common ground with you then, Tyler. So do you think you think the Giants are going to be bad this year in general? I do. Yes. So you think they're going to be playing from behind quite a bit? Yeah. 
So that increases the passing volume, right? The targets have to go somewhere. So if Kenny Galladay is not your favorite because he can't stay healthy, <laughs> the the targets the targets have to go somewhere. And and I think Evan Ingram, if he can stay on the field, is is a guy that could easily jump into top six or seven. But they you forgot to mention Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kyle Rudolph. They got this yeah. Kadarius Tony they drafted in the first round. And Saquon. I just don't know. And Saquon. And, yeah. Like, and they got a uh, who's the other running back they got? They got another pass catching back on that team. Um not can't think of it off the top of my head. Devontae Booker, maybe. I, don't I, think, they, I think they have Booker. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, look it up real quick. Yeah, he's the backup. Back I didn't look it up, but it came to me. Devontae Booker is also on the team. But I'm not saying, like, you know, he's probably, like, their eighth or ninth option. But uh, I don't know. I just don't see – I don't see him, like, feeding Evan Ingram, if that makes sense. I, I get it. I, I'm saying I think his ceiling is much higher than the tier that he's in. Okay. Uh, no, I'll, I'll – like I said, the talent's there. I'll, I'll give you that. Um. Anything else to go? How about Gronkowski? I, I'm a little down on him, too. I just don't see him, like, being the same guy he was in New England. He's kind of – to me, he's kind of touchdown dependent a little bit. It's touchdown a bust, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree At, at the that. tight end position, though, that, that gets you by sometimes. Yeah, and the thing is, like – OJ Howard hasn't really emerged yet, but he was unhealthy last year. I think he, I think he has legitimate competition in the tight end room this year. Um, and he's another year older bodies, bodies don't hold up for tight ends into 34, 35 often. So he's right. He's right on that, that age apex where I, I think his declines got to be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think Howard's quite ready for the season, but I don't think they're going to rush him back. There's no reason to. You know, that team has enough weapons where uh, they're probably going to ease him back in. And, and But middle of the year, I can definitely see him, you know, like you said, he might even be out-snapping Gronkowski at some point later on in the, in the season if if that Achilles holds up for him. Um, All right. I'll talk about one more guy before we get into our uh, sleepers, busts, and breakouts. Cole Komet from Chicago. You see some upside there. I know they still have Jimmy Graham. But uh, Komet was a high draft. I think it was a second rounder last year. And it looks like, uh, you know, if Justin Fields would take over as quarterback, or I don't know, I could see some upside for Komet. Yeah, I agree. He kind of took over for Graham at the end of the season last year. So I don't think Graham is going to, like, really be in his way. I feel like Komet kind of took that role, like I said, at the end of the season last year. And with Fields, I think anything is an upgrade from what he had last season. So, yeah. Komet's one of the guys – that I actually like in this range. So same. I'm there with you. Uh, I'm I'm not hot or cold on him. I'm okay with him. I think he's just one of those guys that I, I wouldn't really look at in a draft. He doesn't have the kind of upside that I'd want. Once you get to this point, I'm just trying to shoot for the moon and any guy that I think could end up being a top tier tight end in his highest range of outcomes, then I'm going with that. And I think Cole Komet is probably a guy that'll get you nine or 10 a game but I don't think he's going to emerge as a top-tier tight end. Okay, so kind of a lower ceiling you see with Komet. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, that's top 24. So uh, 
Let's go. I mean, it doesn't have to be a top 24 player, but Alex, you're the guest. Let's get started with uh, sleepers on this list. So, uh, Alex, there's sleepers. a tight end sleeper. And I've been going back and forth. So I'm going to name both of the guys that we talked about. The first, the first guy I'm going to talk about is Juwan Johnson. And I'm obviously going really deep with this one, but that's only because aside from Callaway, the Saints don't really have receivers of note. Traquan Smith hasn't really um, – hasn't really shown that he's a reliable receiver for them. Jawan Johnson, a former receiving prospect, is now a tight end, designated as a tight end. But he is kind of a poor man's Kyle Pitts. He can do all of the same things. He has similar athleticism. And it might have just taken him some time to adjust to the NFL. You might see them using him in a similar role. And I'm not saying the production is going to be the same. But I think him and Troutman could have relatively productive years if Jameis Winston's out there throwing the football. And don't forget, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans had a really good connection. And Jawan Johnson is a guy about the same size as Mike Evans, about the same speed as Mike Evans. And we will see what he does on the field. But I think they want to carve out a decent role for him in the offense. So looking at him at 50, I think he could jump into some of these higher tiers with guys like Hayden Hurst at 26, uh, who's going to be playing side-by-side side with Kyle Pitts. I think he could jump up into that range, and that gets you a guy that might be startable a couple of weeks for you. Um, my other one, a little bit more realistic than a pie in the sky with Jawan Johnson, is Dawson Knox. He's at tight end 27, and historically the tight end position, it does take a few years for guys to really establish themselves and adjust to the NFL game. Dawson Knox has all the measurables you want in a tight end. He has side size. He has good speed. He has good hands. Um, John Brown left and vacated a lot of targets. Uh, I don't know if Gabe Davis is ready to take on all those targets. And I really don't think Cole Beasley is a desirable target for Josh Allen. I think he's just kind of a de facto guy. I'm thinking Dawson Knox can take a step forward and maybe jump up into that like, 10 to 15 range. Does Emmanuel Sanders scare you? There's another guy. I just I know that they grab. I'm, I mean, not not really. He, he in the last two or three years, he hasn't been able to stay on the field at all, and he's only a year older. Um, it, if he can stay on the field, maybe that that is target competition. But we're we don't even we don't even know he's going to have the same speed or agility that he had two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the good news with Dawson Knox is it looks like the Bills just are planning on throwing the ball probably the most in the league this year. So, you know, with Josh Allen's strong arm, uh, I can definitely see a lot of potential with Dawson. I liked him a lot last year and he kind of fell flat a little bit, but like you said, he's still young uh, and and you never know really quite when players will break out. So um, he keeps showing spurts. He keeps showing spurts. And I keep thinking, I keep thinking that one highlight, I don't know if you guys remember his rookie year, he caught he caught like a, a flat to the left, and I forget who they were playing, but he stiff armed a guy and ran for like a sixty yard touchdown. And every time I see his name, all I think <laughs> about is that because not many tight ends have that in them to catch a ball in the flat and turn it into a big a big score. It's rare for that position. So um, if if he can string some of that talent together and be a little bit more consistent, I think he could turn out really good years. And when you're taking a tight end late like that, you want him attached to an offense like the Buffalo Bills have. It just makes a lot yeah, of that's sense. A good point. They're going to score a lot of points. So, 
All right, Brandon, who do you have for your tight end sleeper? My tight end sleeper is old man Zach Ertz. <laughs> yeah, coming back. Ertzy. He had quite a down year last year, but um, yeah, if you look throughout the year, him and Dallas Godair, Dallas Goddard, <laughs> they oh, kind man. of uh, they were splitting time on the field for the most part throughout the season, and towards the end of the year, Zach Ertz was kind of uh, the number one tight end there a little bit with Jalen Hurts, too, playing the end of the season. Um, I When you look at where Zach Ertz is going, he's going pick 153, which is, like, towards, the, like, the late part of your draft. I just think if you're if you're waiting on tight end or if you already got one early, I think you definitely can't go wrong with Zach Ertz. Dallas Godard, uh, Goddard still hasn't uh, separated himself, in my opinion. So I like where Zach Ertz is going. Especially at that ADP. I just think that's kind of crazy. Interesting. No, you're like, I, I've, no one's talked about Zach Ertz going into <laughs> the season. He's like the forgotten guy. But uh, just a year ago, he was a top five tight end in, in drafts. You know, he just had an awful season uh, fantasy wise last year, and everybody is down on him. But, um, you know, he's still, only like 31 like he he, yep. he can catch the ball uh he's still you know a good player it's just you know if he if he can get a connection down with uh with Jalen Hurts you know um I'm down on Goddard for that reason I I, I think as long as Hurts is there it definitely doesn't help Goddard at all if you look and, at the um, last three the last three games of the year which uh Jalen Hurts started Hurts's mm-hmm. targets were seven seven six he ran over 25 routes in each game, had 40 in one, 33 in the other. He was on the field a lot. He was targeted a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have question marks at uh, receiver. I know they have Devonta Smith there. They're probably going to try to target him a lot. But Rager, you know, we don't we don't know for sure, like, how he's going to do this season. And then after that, it's just they don't have much, I don't. I feel like. So, Alex, are you uh, – what do you think? Do you have any, any shot Zach Ertz kind of – I Gives think back some um, production this season. I think in a vacuum, as he doesn't, he doesn't have a high ceiling like Alex like, so I don't know if Alex is gonna like this bit. <laughs> well, no, I don't, but but your your point wasn't that he's gonna be a top five tight end. Your point was simply that where he's being taken, he's value. And I, I would agree to that to a certain extent. And I don't think that precludes Dallas Goddard, Goddard from having a really good year. Um, again, he's in that second tier of tight ends, which I think is actually where he belongs. Um, because I think the volume can be there to support both Brandon's argument and Goddard's ADP. Um, I, I don't think one is going to stop the other. I don't think Devonte Smith is going to come out and get 160 targets year one. Uh, I, I think he, they want him to be their number one receiver. I think he's going to get targets, but I, I don't think they're going to go out there and just force feed him. And, and we haven't seen it from yet, Rager yet. So that's yet to be seen. What we have seen is that, when Hertz is on the field, he does target Ertz, but he also targets Goddard. Um, so Goddard did really well towards the end of last year, and I hope to see more of the same this year because I really like Dallas Goddard as, as just as a player in terms of his ability. All right. I will uh, move on to my sleeper, and I think this guy has a high ceiling, so Alex might agree. You might like him. Who knows? We'll see. Talking about a guy who is on a new team this year. He went from the Los Angeles Rams over to the Seattle Seahawks. 
And uh, he brought along a guy with him on the team who's now the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. He's uh, coached with the Rams under Sean McVay. His name's Shane Waldron. And the player I'm talking about is Gerald Everett. Um, going over to Seattle this year, he gets to play with a guy named Russell Wilson, who's uh, supposed to be pretty good. Um, I would say he's a lot better than Jared Goff, who he had as his quarterback the past few seasons. Uh, he also gets away from Tyler Higby, who is ranked uh, number 11 on this list, who, you know, kind of 1A, 1B over there in L.A. Doesn't have to worry about kind of splitting. There is a guy by the name of Will Disley, but I'm not as worried about Will Disley as <laughs> I would be for Tyler Higby. Speaking of Will Disley and guys like Jacob Hollister, Russell Wilson has made those guys fantasy assets in the past, and I think Gerald Everett is more athletic and better than those guys. So, uh, and not to mention, the, there's some buzz in training camp in, uh, going on over there in Seattle that, you know, Russell Wilson's very high, and Pete Carroll's very high on Gerald Everett. The team seems to really like him. It seems that he's, uh, he's fitting into that offense well. As I mentioned, the, the coach, you know, is looking to get him involved. They have a, a pass and a history. Go ahead, Alex. Am I? Uh, you gonna agree I, with me I on agree, this? Or? I agree with all that. When you when you started talking about him, my immediate thought was like, if Will Disley can do it, and if Jacob Hollister can do Thank it, you. Yeah. And, and Russell Wilson can put them on the map, I, I, I think Everett is exponentially better than they are at football. And I think, um, aside from Lockett and Metcalf, they don't really he doesn't really have much target competition, and that's okay because Russell Wilson is going to throw the ball a lot. Um, they, they've shown it in the past that last year's whole motto was let Russ cook. And you saw Lockett going off. You saw Metcalf going off. And when they have a a tight end worth note on the field, they usually do pretty well. Yeah. I'm excited to see Everett attached to that offense. I think Wilson is, uh, he's able to make receivers better. And I think you do the same with Gerald Everett. And like you said, he was always kind of stuck, stuck there with, uh, Tyler Higby is the one A one B guy, so he never got to stand out there. All right, so we all agree, Gerald Everett, good sleeper this year. Uh, let's go with um, on the other end of the spectrum here, Alex. Uh, I'm gonna go with a bust, a guy who you're looking at them where they're ranked, and you're like, yeah, no, all I'm right, not taking him here. It's a little, a little precursor here. I am not saying in the sense that this player is bad, that he's a bust. I'm saying the way that we have the tight ends tiered, George Kittle is a bust in my opinion, because there's such a big gap between tier one and tier two. And I think that this year, George Kittle is going to fall into that tier two. I could even see TJ Hawkinson supplanting George Kittle for that tier and actually competing and being uh, pretty close with Waller and Kelsey in that regard. Uh, I could see Kyle Pitts actually finishing with a better year than Kittle based solely on the fact that That's there's, really no, <laughs> there's really no one else other than Riddle to uh, Ridley to battle with targets. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be on the field all the time for a team who's going to be losing and throwing the football constantly. Um, even, even Noah Fant, I could see having, having a similar year and it's not, it's what's, it's what's not your top a, five. How would you rank the top five tenants? Like if you did your rankings. Um, I, I think there's a ton of battle for around the fifth position. So I think it's relatively arbitrary once you get out of the top three, but I would say Kelsey Waller Hawkinson 
and then tier two. And I, and in within tier two, I really honestly, I, the reason that they're tiered like this is because the points per game are so close. It comes down to sheer chance at the end of the day, whether you finish with 300 fantasy points or 292. Yep. And it, yep. that's, that's where you're, that's where you're talking about. You're splitting hairs um, for the sake of it. And I think, um, I think Kittle is going to drop only because this is the first year where Ayuk is a legit wide receiver one, in my opinion. I believe Debo Samuel is better suited as a wide receiver two, and he battled with a couple injuries last year. Um, so having them both on the field is going to take targets away from him, I think. And the other thing is the wild card of Trey Lance. We don't know who he's going to throw to. We know Jimmy Garoppolo likes to throw to Kittle, but I think at, sooner rather than later, you're going to see Lance at least on the field, if not playing most of the snaps. And that that could hurt Kittle quite a bit. Brandon, you've been shaking your head a lot during this. Uh, what do you, you? I think I know what your thoughts are, but what are your what are your thoughts here? My thought: We have my brother on the show, and he stabs me in the back. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> you did Kittle. you did share your you did share your sleepers and your busts before <laughs> I did. So no, I just I he's he's definitely right that there's going to be more of a uh, like a challenge for targets there with Ayuk and Debo Samuel. But I just think those those are the three guys the targets are going to be like condensed to. Number one and number two, the 49ers design they design plays specifically for Kittle to get the ball in his hand, screens, plays down the seam. And he I think he will be Trey Lance's first option, just like he is Jimmy Garoppolo's. Yeah. But when you look at Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson, he could lead their team in targets this year. So I could definitely see him having a breakout season as well. I yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I could definitely see Hawkinson getting into the top three just because I'm I'm really high on Hawkinson too. I just think Hawkinson's a good, a very good player. I it's weird. I always thought Kittle was a little overrated for some reason, and then last year he got hurt and missed a lot of the season. And then when he he came back, I was like, oh, big deal. I think he's overrated. But those like games he came back, he showed me. I realized he how, how like how good he was. I was like, okay, never mind. He he is he, he is uh, worth all the hype because yeah. I don't know. A lot of people are like, oh well, Kittle's back and Kittle's back. And, uh, he uh, he he kind of went off in front of my eyes. And now I'm a, I'm a firm believer in George Kittle. He proved me wrong, so I am not going to bet against George Kittle again this season. All right, Brandon, your turn. Or oh, unless you want me to go with a bus. No, I'll go with my I, bus. So my. Okay. My sleeper was Zach Ertz, and my bust is Dallas Carter. Go there, Dallas go there, baby. And it's 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 honestly for the same reason. It's the ADP. I know Alex thinks that he can finish up where his ADP is right now, but you know, like I think their their offense could kind of be like Miami's, where they don't pass a ton. I don't see why they wouldn't want to get their two first round pick receivers involved in their offense. He still splits time with Ertz on the field. Even when they're on the field together, they're going to split targets between the two. I just I feel like other guys in that range could have a better ceiling than him. So yeah, he's just a guy I'd avoid at this point. Yeah, I mentioned earlier as long as as long as he's they're running like those double tight end sets and Ertz is still there, it, it's always going to hurt and affect Goddard a little bit. That's just my opinion and. 
you're right. If they're going to say Goddard's a top eight, nine guy, I don't know. I'd, it's it's tough to to bet on that, you know, and especially with a guy like Hertz now, a quarterback who who runs more than Carson Wentz did, uh, you know, the past few seasons. It, it's That's a tough offense to, to predict this year, Philly. I, I, I think you want Hertz as a quarterback, in my opinion. I'm very high on him as a quarterback, but, like, who's going to also get points with him on that offense? I'm not quite sure. Um, I actually, I, I think first off, I think hurts for whatever reason is that underrated as a passer undervalued as a passer. When I hear people talk about him as just a runner, like if you, if you look at his last year in Oklahoma, he was a prolific passer and granted Oklahoma does pr- produce prolific passers, but the other two that it produced were both number one overall picks. So for whatever reason, he slid to the second round. Um, but that that's not an indictment on his ability to throw the football. I think he's actually going to be, I, I think he's going to turn heads this year. Um, I think Philly for whatever reason, isn't completely convinced he's the guy. So un, unless they do intentionally kind of blow it for him, I think he's going to propel Philly um, similarly to what Dak did with Dallas, where they were kind of considered a downtrodden team. They didn't really know what they had in Dak. And then he proved to them that he could actually be a franchise quarterback. I think Hertz can do the same thing so long as they try to put all the pieces around him. And it looks like they are so far with Devontae Smith. Um, as long as they try to keep him in a solid offense, keep him with a good old line, I think he's going to prove that he's, he's a franchise quarterback. All right. Um, I'll finish up the bus list here. You uh, you both might disagree with me on this. I know uh, Alex probably will because you already mentioned this guy a little while ago as someone you can see finishing in the top five. Uh, I'm going to go with Denver Broncos tight end, Noah Font. I'm also going to say, like you did with Kittle, nothing against the talent. I think he's a very talented player. Uh, but what's he ranked? Seventh on the list? I'm just – I'm staying away from him. I'm not taking this guy – just because there's too many question marks right now. Like last year, everyone thought he was going to break out. He had very high expectations and it never happened this year. Uh, the quarter, it's not like they got Aaron Rodgers, Like people were saying in the off season, I would, I would have definitely changed my mind. If he had Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback, I'd be saying no offense, top five tight end possibly this year, but they had Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. Uh, you mentioned Jerry Judy as your wide receiver breakout. To be fair to Teddy Bridgewater, he supported three viable fantasy wide receivers last year. Wide of, receivers. Yes. Who was the tight end in Carolina? Was it Ian Thomas? Do, point, do you remember? I would consider that a point in my favor because Ian Thomas is not a good tight end. Yeah. Well. So so of note, there's only two wide receivers in Denver. You could argue Patrick. Um, Hamlet. I, I I think the targets will be concentrated uh, similar to what Brandon was saying with um, with um, 49ers, what, the 49ers with Kittle. Um, I think the targets are going to be concentrated between Judy, Corlin Sutton and Noah Fant. And I, and I think even if he's third in that pecking order and he's getting five to eight targets a game, he's going to finish a top tier tight end. Okay. I just, I got to see it to believe it. I'm not, I'm not banking on that as my 
For number seven on the list, I don't know. Kittle, I've, I've seen it. I know, but he's ranked higher. He's third, but that's why with Kittle, I'm a little different on him. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel more comfortable drafting Kittle in the third round than I do Noah Font in the fifth or sixth or wherever he's going. You know what I'm saying? Just, I don't know. I need to see that offense more. I, I think he's going to go, like you said, a lot to Sutton and Judy. They got a rookie running back now to mix in with Melvin Gordon. I think they're going to run a lot. And I just like the Niners offense more than the Broncos a little bit at this point too. So Brandon, Noah Font, you in, you out. He's had, he's like had plays and stuff that I thought looked like pretty spectacular, but this year I, I probably wouldn't take him where he's going personally. Okay. <laughs> would, you, would you take any of the tight ends in tier two where they're going though? So, like, is that an indictment on Fant, or is that generally what we're talking about? Aside from Hawkinson, because I think we've all kind of talked about him quite a bit. I like Mark about... Andrews, too. Yeah, I'm not. There, I'm not a huge no. Mark Andrews guy. I like Mark Andrews. There's a guy here uh, in Tier 2 I'd, I'd take. Uh, Logan Thomas. Oh, yeah, I like Logan Thomas, too. Okay. Do you think he's at value, or do you think he's higher than that? I think Thomas can finish higher than where he's going. Tight end eight is where he is in the rankings. Uh, yeah, I I like Thomas this year a lot. See, I I, I put I think Noah Fant and Thomas are in a in a similar tier. I actually agree with you guys on Logan Thomas, but I'm looking at most of the rest of this tier, and I don't think I'd want to draft them necessarily where they're at. But that's because of the position. It's not because in like. Within the tight end rankings, I think they are where they're supposed to be generally. But where people tend to draft the tight end, I think, is overvalued aside from tier one. Does that make sense? Yeah. You think these guys are going a little bit too early, probably. Yeah. In terms of the general pool of players, I'd rather go wide. In terms of tight end, you think they'll finish around this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That goes back to the top of the show where my strategy – is I would grab one of those top three guys quick in the first three rounds, or I'm I'm gonna kind of wait a while. So I know I'm I'm with you. I agree. Like these guys to go in the mid rounds, I'd much rather take receivers and and other running backs. So like my running back two and three at this at that point. You're right. Maybe uh, maybe bet on a guy towards the end here, like a Gerald Everett that I just mentioned. You know, or in your case, an Evan Engram or something like that. All right, uh, one more way to go here. We got a breakout player, Alex, tight end breakout. Well, there's not much to say about him since we've been talking about him quite a bit throughout the episode. Did, did we um, steal your thunder? Who, who is it? TJ Hawkinson. Um, oh, we didn't talk much about him. So he's listed at tight end four here, but I, I feel like generally in the fantasy community, he hasn't been very highly regarded. He came in as a high-end prospect. He hasn't put up the numbers that I think people were expecting him to put up in year one and year two. So they're a little bit down on him. but I think this year with the lack of target competition, his third year in the league, almost like I said, with uh, Dawson Knox, sometimes it takes a year or two for people to really adjust and everything that's coming out of camp right now is he's, he's looking like a true alpha. He's looking like a guy that you can kind of build an offense around a little bit. Um, So as I said earlier, I could see him jumping into that other tier, even if Kittle doesn't bump down a peg, even though I, I think he will, even if Kittle doesn't bump down a peg, I think the fantasy pros would have to add a, another player in there. And his name's TJ Hawkinson. 
Yeah, I, I'm especially on on that team. He's he's. I think he's going to get the most targets. He has to, right? Like who else? I'm on. We mentioned St. Brown, Tyrell Williams. Uh, yeah, if I'm the Lions, I'm uh, Jared Goff. I'm I'm looking Hawkinson's way a lot. Yeah. Brandon, anything on Hawkinson, or, or who's going to see a breakout here? No, yeah, I agree with you guys. I said earlier I thought he could be a breakout and like be the team in targets as well. Yeah. On to my breakout. Absolutely. Who you got? So I'm going pretty deep. Uh, Donald Parham from the San Diego Chargers. You know, he didn't get a ton of work last year, but um, he had caught 10 balls, three touchdowns. Um, he's a huge dude, six foot eight, pretty athletic. I just think, you know, they brought Jared Cook in this year, but they're trying to fill a pretty big hole. Hunter Henry was a big part of their offense. He had over 90 targets. Um, I don't trust Jared Cook. I think Parm kind of take that rollover and might not be at the beginning of the year, but maybe in the middle of the season. I think he could uh, put up some decent numbers this year in fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um there was a ton of hype surrounding him towards the end of last year. And I, I really don't know what happened uh, going into this year. Cause it sounded like he was, he was the guy. And then the, when they went out and got Jared cook, I don't think that hurts him that much, to be honest. I, I, I think he's still going to get a decent amount of playing time and, and where he's at, at that position. It's like we were saying earlier, he might be a shoot for the stars guy. His floor may not be there, but if you're drafting super late and you're saying like, well, screw it, I might end up drafting a guy who's, top 15 tight end in one of the last rounds of the draft it's worth it and if you're doing if you're doing a 20 round draft he goes in the last round of the draft so yeah yeah it's um we'll see what happens with cook this season but you know if he does find a role or he, i hate to say like if you know a guy gets injured but if cook gets injured and, and parm becomes a starting tight end with, with a quarterback like herbert and that offense you know i can see the Potential for a high ceiling there. The six foot eight goal line threat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I'll finish off the breakouts here. Uh, my breakout uh, is out for the season. <laughs> no, I, 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 my uh, original breakout for this year going into this season, I had a couple of years ago, probably this, uh, not a years ago, weeks ago in this position uh, would have been Irv Smith from the Minnesota Vikings. I thought he was going to have a huge season over there. Sucks what happened to, uh, to him, uh, likely out for the year. Now they just brought in Chris Herndon from the jets who last year, a lot of people had as a potential sleeper, a breakout pick. Don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm staying away from Herndon though, just because they also have a guy by the name of Tyler Conklin over there. That they like a lot. So, uh, but I'll, I'll keep an eye on him, you know, the waivers, see, see how much, you know, snaps he's getting if they're looking his way a lot, but Herndon's a potential guy in the future, but my, I'm going to go with my actual breakout though, because I can't go with Irv Smith. I'm going to go with Anthony Frickser from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's in a good offense. Um, I think John, uh, John o. Smith is now with New England, which, you know, makes Ferkser kind of just the number one tight end on this team. Uh, they got to usually try to stack the box against this team with a guy like Derek Henry uh, as a running back. 
They brought in Julio Jones. So they got two monster receivers on the ends. Uh, I think the, this, the rest of the offense is going to take a ton of, you know, guys away from him. And if Ferkser, he's going to get a ton of open looks. I'm not saying the guy, you know, he's going to be the number one target or anything like that, but just I think you can do worse than uh, Anthony Ferkser at this point. Julio Jones didn't play a full season last year. If Julio Jones goes down, I think uh, Ferkser's stock goes up as well. Yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, and he finished, even though uh, Johnny was there last year, he finished with a decent year. He had 53 targets, uh, 39 catches, 387 yards, and a touchdown. And that was all in kind of a short stint when Johnny, Johnny missed, I think, like five weeks or so. Um, and the Titans don't really have a wide receiver three of note. They can you even name them? Cause I'm looking at, I'm looking at their roster and I knew one of them, but um, I wouldn't have named the other guy that's kind of competing for that third receiver role. It, it's someone, it's someone I know. I just can't think of who it so is. Josh, Josh Reynolds from the Rams, who yeah, was like a okay. decent role player for the Rams. Um, yeah. I always thought he had a little bit of upside, but he, he never, emerged as like a worthwhile fantasy option and uh nick westbrook um who's a young guy he played for indiana was pretty good for them but he again he's he's not someone that i'd be worried about if i were a ferkser fan and i'm thinking about him as my tight end uh i really i really think it's it's brown jones and ferkser that are going to get a line share of the targets mm-hmm. i also forgot to mention they have a new offensive coordinator who uh was their old tight ends coach. So they have a history together there. Um, so, and you know, we'll every, everything I've read about that is that he's a pass first. He's a pass first guy. Coordinator. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that Derrick Henry and they'll still probably want to establish the run. Vrabel's a kind of a hard nosed kind of guy, but even if they throw the ball, you know, five or six more times, it's a few more targets to go around. But but because of that philosophy, because Vrabel's a hard nosed guy, and because they like to run, that keeps an inline tight yeah, end yeah. on the field all the time, and that's that's good for Ferkser. Being getting snaps, being on the field is is a really good sign for a tight end. All righty, let's uh, let's finish off the show, guys, with our final segment here: the Money in the Bank prediction, tight end position. Money in the bank. Money in the bank time. Alex, you want to actually, you've been going first all night. Let's, uh, okay. uh, I'll take, I'll go first because I've been kind of deferring a lot to you guys. I'm going to get started here with my season long tight end money in the bank prediction. I'm going to come out and say Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Robert Tanya are all going to finish in the top five for tight ends and touchdowns this season. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Robert Tonyan, three of the top five guys at the end of the season for tight ends and touchdowns. What did Tonyan, he had, did Tonyan have over 10 last year? He had 11 last year. 11. And uh, nothing's really changed much on that offense to make me go the other way. Like I know it's tough to predict touchdowns, but if the guy got 11 touchdowns last season, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to look his way a ton this year. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers threw for like 500 touchdowns last year. 
Plus Green Bay is going to be a very high scoring offense. You know, Devontae Adams could still have 18 touchdowns. <laughs> Robert Tanya could still have over 10. Um, I, I, I've actually, we didn't talk about it much today, but I actually really like Tanya. Um, and touchdowns aren't sticky, but in offense like that, I don't see a reason why he couldn't get 10 again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not an Andrews fan, so I'm going to disagree with you there. I don't think Andrews, Andrews is going to hit that 10 mark. But obviously, Travis Kelsey is a no-brainer. He's nasty, and that offense is ridiculous. Who uh, who else is scoring touchdowns on the Ravens, though? Um, Plus is getting them all. Getting them I all think in. a lot of the time they get inside the 10, I think Lamar. Lamar's going to score. Or Lamar himself, yeah. Um, I, I really do think that they're going to put a point of emphasis on um, – Lamar trying to get the ball to the outside a little bit more. I think he became one dimensional. That's why you saw not only Lamar's numbers drop off, but Mark Andrews numbers drop off last year, because uh, I think early in his career, his reads were being concentrated towards Mark Andrews. I think defenses started to, to key in on that. Um, So they were focused on Andrews, which made Lamar try to read the field a little bit. And he wasn't able to do that. So I, I think, if Lamar is going to be able to pass, he's going to have to look to other receivers. All right. Brandon, money in the bank. Um, yeah, mine's pretty simple. It's my money in the bank prediction is Logan Thomas. He's ranked number eight. He's going to finish in the top five in fantasy points at the tight end position. And you can take that to the bank. All right. Did I, hold on. Did I say for my, I don't know if, I don't know if you did. I don't think you I did. Uh, let's you didn't. Let's re- rewind. <laughs> you could take that to the bank. Fast forward. All right. Logan Thomas. Uh, yeah, no, I I mentioned uh, in that second tier, he's he's kind of the one guy I was really looking uh, looking at there. So I can definitely see Mr. Thomas finishing top five at the tight end position. And he's got the ultimate gunslinger too. Fits magic. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, I, I've said this a bunch of times. I, I think tier two is kind of a lump of guys aside from, obviously, I think Hawkinson's going to make that leap, but a lump of guys that are going to finish relatively close. So I don't see any reason why Logan Thomas couldn't uh, finish top five and end up end up being that guy just outside of tier two. Um, he showed last year that he is – a very good tight end and that's only two or three years after transitioning to the tight end position from being a quarterback. So um, he he's new to run. It's not, it's not like other guys who are wide receiver converts. He's new to running routes. He's new to blocking. And so I think he's still got growth to his game. It's not, it's not like a guy who's been in the league for three or four years as a wide receiver or tight end. He, he just solidified himself as a starter last year. And I think, I think he's got a little bit more to give. All right, Alex, finish off. Finish us off. What's your money in the bank prediction? I'm going to get right to it. Darren Waller is going to be tight end number one by the end of the year. You can take that to the bank. All right. That's a bold prediction. The only guy I really have over him is Kelsey. Um, Wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Hawkinson could finish first overall. I could see uh no, I could see Waller uh 
beating out Kelsey if you know Kelsey missed six games. You know, I'm just <laughs> now I can see uh, I can see it. No, Waller's an absolute animal. Like they they target him so much in that offense, and the guy he has monster games, yeah. especially like for some reason it's always like during the playoffs too. Like if he, I might just draft Waller because I feel like weeks fifteen through sixteen he's going to get me two hundred yards a game those two weeks. Uh, and I'm always seeing him do that. But um, I, I think he's one of those guys like some years you just have to project garbage time points. And he's one of the he's one of the few guys that is good enough that he's going to be getting points throughout the game anyways. But when they're down 14 and it's the fourth quarter and they're just throwing the ball over and over again and he's already got seven, seven for 70 and a touchdown. And now we're just chucking because we have to. I, I, I see him finishing with 30 and 40 point games regularly which he did a few times last year so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i i think kelsey overall like the course of the season is more like just consistently putting up good weeks like you said like kelsey will always get you seven for 70 and a touchdown but then waller some weeks will, will catch you like 10 for 159 and two touchdowns and he'll get you like 30 or 40 points if he can have a, a lot more of those games, which we know he's capable of doing, then absolutely he can he can run away with that number one uh, tight end spot this year. Do you see it, Brandon, or are you just like no way? Yeah, definitely. I think mm-hmm. he's he, I mean he's ranked one spot behind Kelsey. I yeah. I don't see any reason why he can't leapfrog him. No, yeah, me either. Yeah, I think those are your. Uh, your top two dogs. If you can get one of those two guys in your team, I know it's going to take you a first, second rounder, but like we uh, we mentioned, there's a pretty pretty significant drop off coming up some somewhere in the you know the first few rounds when it comes to tight ends. So I uh, I'd be okay drafting one of those guys. But uh, mm-hmm. this will uh, conclude our uh, tight end positional preview show, Alex. Once again. Thank you for stepping up, coming on the show. You're very uh, welcome. Absolutely. You guys, get that, some, uh, you guys get some drafts coming up this weekend? Yeah, we all, we all do. We're all in the same league. We have the Sunday night draft coming up. Golden uh, Pony. Yep. Yep. And I got a couple more uh, throughout the week. I have a Tuesday night draft coming up, 8.30. I got a Wednesday night draft, 7.30, so... We got to uh, we got to find a nice nice time to record next week before uh, the ball gets kicked off in Tampa Bay. Um, Alex, you know you mentioned you're like the substitute. Now that uh, our co-host Nick's, you know, gonna be living that dad life for a few weeks. I don't know if you want whatever you want to join it's us. Not on for the a show. few weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're probably gonna miss him for a, for a, at least a month. No, no, no. I, no, I meant his, living dad life. He's gonna be living dad life yeah. a lot longer than a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It we, depends we on the kind of dad he decides yeah, to right, be. I mean, right. <laughs> guys gotta come back to us at some point. Yeah. Probably a couple months. But yeah, uh, no, um, Alex, if you're uh, if you're free during the week, you know, we're gonna next week's show is gonna no more uh no more previews because it's the real thing. We're gonna we're gonna be looking at week one next week. We're gonna be down uh, games. And we're gonna maybe uh be doing some type of uh kind of like a stardom situm kind of thing going on okay. looking at the week we're thinking of. Okay. So yeah, um just let me know and uh for the most part I should be available. I'll let you know if I'm not. 
right. Any uh, final words on this episode, guys, before we have to sign off for the night? I think we covered it. It's pronounced Goddard. Goddard. <laughs> all right. For Pronounce all you plus. listeners, thank you for tuning in to Grand Slam Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yeah,